0: Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening and uh, what a wonderful September we're having so far and uh, it's September 20th already, so uh, first day of fall, I think it's tomorrow or Tuesday, Um, so amazing, so get out and enjoy, Uh, see some of the fall color, see those beautiful trees that uh, will give you that fall color and uh, then head down to the garden center and see what you can find. you are going to see some, and this is where um, um, Swedish culinary aspens are going to look awesome right now. They're getting lots of the orange and red colors. Ohio Buckeyes, uh, Princess K Plum. Like there's one that is looking so good with lots of fall color. The Turkestans, the Burning Bushes, you should start seeing them coming into fruition into their beautiful color. Um, and, and lots of the yellow, which is really nice, like the fall gold ash and so many of the really nice, um, ash trees and, and some of the shrubs and stuff. And it's just, it's so nice. Like it's, uh, and I'm, and it looks great next couple of weeks. I'm not trying to jinx anything. Um, but the next couple of weeks look great for weather. And, uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's nice and it's nice that we can get out inside and enjoy that. Get your vitamin D, let that sun hit your skin, get it in there. Um, obviously you don't want to get burnt really badly or anything like that, but, uh, make sure you get out, get some sun, get some fresh air. It's really good for you and it's good for your garden as well. Show some attention to it. And, uh, I was out, uh, yesterday just putting around in the garden a little bit, and uh, and I bet you most people's annuals are still looking really good. So continue to fertilize, water. Um, uh, we're gonna have two or three more weeks of uh, of at least great weather. Hopefully, it goes into right through October, which would be really nice. And because you, you get really good colors out of a lot of your annuals, and uh, I noticed that my canna lilies are just bright yellow and pink. And the geraniums and the petunias and stuff like that, you get lots of good colors. That cold pushes the pigment uh, in a bit. And it's good for lots of landscapers getting some projects done. I know we're uh, finishing up a bunch of projects. We were working way up in Harmony. We are working, we do all the Bay West homes, and they're building some beautiful homes out there. And uh, so we, we were out there. And uh, seeing everything that they're doing, and we've landscaped. I think we did six houses out there in the last couple of weeks, and so now we're just moving back into back into Cairo at some inner city stuff, and a couple out in the Riverstone area as well. So it's good. This weather's great for landscaping, and and lots of projects out. Driving around, seeing everything going. So really good to see. And I'm gonna hit the phone lines. And and see what's going on. I know we had a few callers coming in all at once if you just if you didn't get through there um we're trying to answer the calls as quick as you can just just try again there's uh three or four spots still open, so if you didn't get through on that first little rush, it's hard for him to answer all four calls at one time so um just give him a chance and he'll uh he'll get to you. So just uh, give him another call, 403-974-8255. I'm going to go to Carol. Good morning, Carol.
1: Good morning. couple questions, if you don't mind. Of course. Um, I have some tomato plants full, full of green tomatoes. Now, is it time to bring all those in, or can I keep covering uh, those tomato plants?
0: It's going to be nice. The next two or three weeks, there's no frost or even cold. Like the coldest, it looks like it's... like plus five plus seven so um that's perfect ripening weather like the warm nights warm days i would just keep it out keep it in that sun as natural as possible so
1: natural
0: perfect okay just make sure you continue to water because your pots are probably pretty root bound and if are they larger tomatoes, or are they little cherry ones? or? Um,
1: they're medium size. I don't okay. have any of the big beef steaks, but okay. medium-sized tomatoes. And
0: you're not getting any of the blossom end rot on any of those?
1: I, I only did on the very large plant, so I yeah. kind of gave up on that plant. It was no use, right? So
0: some of that is just that. Yeah, Once if it gets it in it, it's not much you can do. One way to stop it is uh, making sure you have the calcium supplement in your fertilizer, and then just consistent watering. On, right. if, you're, if you're trying to grow the bigger, like the beef steaks and stuff like that. so
1: Right. So so we don't have to worry about covering the tomato no, plants at night No, just okay. watch
0: the temperature. Like, no guarantee on that. Like, things change here. <laughs> Obviously, the weather.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. I don't okay. like saying that, but it, it looks really good. And I, I'm eating, I have uh, the sugar daddy tomato, the little orange ones. And honestly, I'm still getting 10 to 20 ripening every day. Like, just, there's probably still 200 on my tomato plant. And I just keep fertilizing, keep watering it, and it's it's looking great. So, Well, I'm going to have to
1: buy me one of those plants next year you, for you sure. You
0: should. And honestly, in the morning, you eat them when they're just chilled a bit. Uh, honestly, it just tastes like sugar. They're called sugar daddy. And, man, they're good. Man. Mm. My Perfect. dogs love them, though. There's nothing on the bottom foot. Got a little shih tzus, and they, they climb up on the pot, and they eat the tomatoes off the bottom, so it's kind of funny. That's cute. Yeah. I
1: just have one more question. Sure. So I'm planning. Um, it's about overwintering small perennials. I have numerous pots on the deck. I plant nothing in the ground, and there's nowhere on the property where I could dig into the ground at this point in time so I have within these numerous pots there are numerous small perennials mm-hmm. and I'm wondering can uh, can they be overwintered and if so how I do have a, an unheated garage I also have a two-foot-deep raised bed that is three feet
0: off the ground. There's an awful lot of soil in there. Yep, and you could just try and bury them in there a bit, like even in the pot. The best place is a cool, shady spot, like right after the first yeah. frost when they when we kind of lose them at that point. Water them in really good. Stick them in a cool, dark place in the corner. Um, put some mulch over them, and just pile a bunch of leaves around them in the pot. Put them all tight together in this, that cool, darkest spot in the in the corner where they're going to just stay frozen.
1: Okay, and, so what kind of mulch would you recommend?
0: Um, I would just use like a cocoa moss, something like that, um, something that okay. you can use in your soil after if you want to use a sea soil, or even just old leaves and stuff. If there's any leaves around, just pile them all around it just to insulate them. It, the okay. main thing is just to try and keep them frozen in those pots. Gotcha. It's not ideal, but that's what, kills most of our plants right. over the wintertime. It's not really the cold. It's the so, desiccation. It's the thawing.
1: Yeah. So the raised bed is actually facing south and has gets a tremendous amount of sun. Yeah, and that's probably
0: not the best spot. It's
1: pretty warm in the winter, yeah. too. So if i taking them into the garage... and
0: You, you could un- unheat the garage huh? as well, but it gets a little bit warmer. That... Like I've done that with Japanese maples and the Zone Five hydrangeas, like the, and I've done that with those, and it and it's worked really quite well. Um, okay. So you just have to wait till after the first frost. But again, just making sure that the garage stays cool. Don't stick them in the light, and right. or just find that, like I said, a corner in between the garage and the house or something where it just stays shady and cold, and that would be an ideal spot to winter. Okay,
1: we'll do. Thank you so much, and you, have a great day. You too. Okay, Thank bye you bye. so much. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: All right, and I got time for one more. We'll go to Janice. Good morning, Janice.
2: Good morning. Oh,
0: how are you? I'm doing great, and uh, how are you doing?
2: I'm good, thank you.
0: Good. What's happening on this Sunday?
2: So I have an Ohio buckeye that Ooh, I planted. Nice. Oh, probably in May. I sent you pictures, okay. and the leaves the leaves look burnt and everything like every, it's affected every single leaf on the trees um the only thing i can possibly think of is like it's in my front yard my front yard basically faces west so it's super hot in the evening
0: yeah yeah i see that yeah it looks like it got dried out possibly um
2: uh, i've been you know what i have been a diligent waterer.
0: Okay. Just looking at the leaves though, like it's how big of a pot was it when you planted it? It looks like it was a caliper probably almost eh? Was it in a right. basket?
2: Nope. No, actually it's you know it was a it's, it wasn't one of the super tiny trees, but it wasn't a great big huge one either. Yes,
0: yeah, so it was probably 20 gallon, 15 or 20. It's a good size cuz usually in the pot I'm I'm looking at your picture right now. You you have the spilt over petunias? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay to make it look like the pot's built over. I always like when people yeah. do that, it looks yeah. nice. Um, it does... I Like, unless someone sprayed some 2,4-D or something, but yeah. it would have affected everything else. Honestly, I, just, I would think it just probably got dried out in some of that heat, because it's just the water needs to get down a foot or two into okay. the ground. So that would... And they have a lot of foliage, the Buckeyes. And okay. so the first thing... So it just... And it'll be fine. Just ensure that you watered it well into fall here. And that's Mother Nature's natural thing is it just shuts its leaves down. If it gets dry, it shuts down the tips first and, and sort of just starts shutting down the foliage okay. to save itself. But
2: so the, I, I fertilized the petunias. Occasionally, with yeah. a fifteen, thirty, fifty, yeah, that perfect. shouldn't have affected it. No, should not it? at all. No, no, because no, you would have so. seen
0: your petunias be burnt too, because they're more delicate than the tree. I I'd honestly just think it probably got dried out one time. Just put the hose on that tree. Put the even like a tree bag works really well, or yeah. just the hose where you just let it soak in there for three or four hours. Just that really slow, slow, slow. So just barely coming out of the hose, and just drips down in there, nice and slowly. That's okay. the best. Okay, sounds good. But you're, All right, yeah, well, I think you're going to enjoy that. It'll come back next year. Should be great. Okay,
2: I was. I know I'm planning on fertilizing it this week, so that should yeah, help it.
0: But water it really good first before you fertilize.
2: Okay. All right, we'll do. And I'm planning on chopping down a dogwood okay. that needs that needs to be. When's the best time to do that?
0: Are you just doing it to rejuvenate it?
2: Yes, it's like gone bananas
0: yeah i would just just let all the energy download into it and and so you can do it anytime, sort of after november december or and ideally it's better to wait till early early spring like march april okay because then that way you get all the energy down into the roots and if there's any frost damage it, it affects the tips and okay. you're not if you cut it right down too early you have a you have a chance of damaging some of the lower branches okay. but if you wait till later on and then you cut it all that energy is down in the roots and it'll come up in all new growth and it'll just burst out like crazy
2: okay so yeah i will leave it till spring then and yeah that'll be good
0: yeah if, if it's a little bit hairy canary you can trim it back a bit and stuff like that just don't be afraid to do that but
2: okay sounds good Alrighty. all right thanks merle thank Much you have a have great, great day Sunday. you too you too
0: Bye. -bye. (laughs) All right, we need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service garden center. Spruce It Up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I still have to change the commercial, but our our sale has changed. We're the buy more, save more. So if you buy three, you get 30%. If you buy four you get 40% and if you're buying five or more you get 50% off everything on your trees and shrubs so and perennials anyways and if you're looking for some big trees we got lots of those too we got some nice ones and I'm going to go to the food lines I'm going to chat with Don good morning Don good morning
3: how are you today
0: good how are things great so what I'm calling about I have a fairly
3: large row of poplars. They're about fifteen years old. They're they're a good size now already. Yeah. Around mid August the lower leaves start to turn kind of yellow brown and then it works its way all the way up the tree. Yeah. And yeah. it took out the whole the whole row is like that and so it's about grows maybe five hundred feet long and it has mingled other trees around. It's
0: on a fairly large property. Yeah, they all did it.
3: They, well, not all of them.
0: Do you? Yeah, are you watering them at all?
3: They don't get water.
0: Yeah, that's. I, I, I'm just. We went into that heat, and probably the ones that didn't get it were probably, I would guess, probably in a little bit lower spot or things like that. Um, I um, would just think it, they got dry, and then just Mother Nature shut them down. That's and I've seen that in spots where it's really, really dry. Okay. So yeah. they should come back in the spring. Yeah, they, they'll yeah. hold their secondary buds. Um, you just don't want to do that too often to them. If yeah. you can uh, – so what's – is there mulch underneath them or just grass and, and sort of in the field? Just grass. Yeah. Yeah, if if possible, like I said, if they're nice and healthy, if it's worth putting a bit of effort – I, I would look at, uh, spraying all the grass, like mow it down, spray the grass with Roundup and, uh, and then put a bunch of mulch all the way around them just to help hold that moisture in. It makes a big, big difference. Um, sort of if you do it like a 10 foot, uh, uh 10 feet wide, sort of five feet on each side of the, of the windrow. Yeah. All right. It's something like that, or it just really does make a difference, um, trying to hold that moisture in or try and do a drip irrigation or something like that. So.
3: Right. I have a second question about a large group of um, fruit trees that didn't do so well this spring. They <clears throat> are probably in this grove about 20, 23. Yeah. And I think it was probably with all the good land, parkland. They started to come to life in the spring, some branches coming to life. Eventually those even struggled and they're they without leaves. They never got leaves at all
0: this year. They... Huh. Are they on the side of a hill? It sounds uh,
3: they're they're in a pretty sheltered spot away okay. from the...
0: Which uh, is unusual because most I've seen lots of great crops of apples um this year, like lots and lots and with the heat um a lot of the apples did really quite well this year. Lots of good fruit production. Um like
3: these trees never came to life in the spring.
0: Yeah. They could have had a bunch of winter kill from last September. We we did have that and it did affect a lot of apples and uh, birch, uh, aspens, things like that um, did get affected by it. Um, it, it was this when it, it was around this time last year when it went down to minus 15 to 18 depending what part of town you're in and it freeze dried and it just it just froze the the wood and then it sort of splits all the tissue. So, are they coming up from the bottom or anything, or just nothing?
3: They're growing from the bottom. Yeah, then,
0: that's probably then that's what happened. They got freeze dried. And
3: they won't come back next
0: spring. No. They? Well, the, depends if they're not on the if they if they've died back all the way to the root because most of the apples are all grafted onto a hardy um, crab apple stock, uh, and then it, it's not really worth growing if it came right from the bottom. I would just. Yeah, eliminate them and try and start fresh then. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. Um, appreciate that. All right, and try and get your trees onto a good a little bit of a water program if you can. It does make the difference if you give them a little bit, they'll definitely give you a bunch back.
3: Okay.
0: All righty. Sure. Okay. <laughs> all right. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. All right. That is and it's so true like with all of our garden and and fertilizing and and, and giving some water. If you put a little effort, a little bit more loving into your garden, it's going to reward you with, uh, with some great uh, results. And uh, I see it um, even for myself. I, I've neglected my bigger trees a little bit. Um, Mark from Prune It Up has been giving me the fertilizer program the last year and a half. And honestly, I see a big, big difference. They're nice and healthy, full leaf, holding it right to the end. And uh, just giving those trees that water. It, it just makes if you can't do anything, and uh, and I and unfortunately I see it in some of the new subdivisions and out in Seton they just planted like five hundred trees and they're all crispy fried already. They didn't water them, I don't, which I don't get. We invest all this money in it, and it's uh, and then they don't water them. It's it's so hard on them. That's what they need, and especially going into the fall that like we've had that hot hot time. The ground has really lost most of its moisture. So we got to add to it. And so if you live on a boulevard, you see those boulevard trees out there, I think if each neighbor uh, grabs a bucket of water and takes it out and pours it onto the tree, I think it uh, it'll it'll reward you with something nice in front of your house instead of driving by seeing those dead trees on your boulevard. So, anyways, there's my little tree rant for today. We'll move on to some commercials, and uh, and then I'll come back and we'll hit the phone lines. And there is some spots open 403-974-8255 or out of town one eight hundred five six three seven 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 zero. You're listening and then Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Jim. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good. How can I help you?
4: Good. We have a, a tree uh, about fourteen feet high, but has black knots. Yeah. And the more I trim it, the uglier it looks. And we want to change it. Yeah. Uh, well, how big is a twenty gallon? Is that like a ten foot tree or?
0: Yeah. No. And we have actually they're, they compare if you're buying a caliper tree. It's it, they, we let, in the tree business when we get to the larger trees we we measure by the the trunk size, so they, they're sort of in the 40 to 50 millimeter size. Okay. So we're we, we actually doing quite a big 20-gallon um, program now because I just find it, they are a little easier to plant and you're getting a good size tree, good value for your money. Okay, like
4: does black not go in the soil? Would it no. be better to use a tree truck
0: that would move the root out? You're going to have to, if you're going to plant in the exact same spot, you're going to have to dig it out no matter what anyways, either get a bobcat or, yeah. or whatever. And it just it's more in the variety of tree you're going to pick, Jim, than... What would you, well, it's full sun okay then the world is your oyster really at that point you can uh, you can pick anything i would just stay away from some of the prunus family i would stay away from the schubert's and and maydays things like that there's some great like there's some great trees like the gladiator crab is a really nice one um like mountain ashes like it really depends on what if you're are, are you looking for a shade tree or just a really nice front yard tree Front yard tree. Yeah, Gladiator's a great one. Um, if you want the yellow leaves, we have the, I mean, the green leaves. There's the the starlight, it, and it's not a messy crab apple. It's an ornamental crab. Okay. Um, um, yeah. You do have tree trucks, right? So we, if we, we wanted to get a price, we could do that through you? Yeah, we, we move them with our, within our pruning department. Yep, no problem. Okay,
4: well, we'll come now. Any ballpark idea what it would cost me for a tree moved and replace
0: the one we have? Yeah, that one we just dig it out. And if you want to go in the same spot, yes, exact same spot, we can go. Okay, if you could go over four or five feet, you'd save a couple hundred bucks. Um, usually we start the root removal at around $500, depending on how old the tree is. Plus the price of the tree. Okay. To, to take it out. And then the trees, like the potted ones, are all on sale now. So if you buy. That one big one, and then five shrubs, you get them all at 50% off. So, okay, yeah, yeah. We're, we're seniors. I don't want to watch a tree grow for 20 years. Cause I hear I won't you. Be here. Yeah, go down and see Chris or Terry in the tree lot. They'd be more than happy to help you out. Excellent. Thank you so much for your help. All right. Thanks, Jim. All right. Bye right. bye. All right. Where are we at for time? We got some time. We're going to go to Peter. Good morning, Peter.
4: Good morning.
0: What's happening?
4: I, in the early August, I seeded a section of my. Yard of grass seed, and uh, it came up nicely, but also did thirty percent weeds.
0: Yeah, that that'll happen because the weed seed will be in your soil. It's not nothing you did wrong. So
4: no, but should I just ignore it for now and do it and deal with it in the spring?
0: I, yeah, just is your grass ready to, for the first mowing?
4: Oh yeah, I've already cut it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, if you've mowed it a couple times, um, you could do a light um, spray of like just the Killax, like just some of the heavier broadleaf weeds. Oh, yeah. And especially this week, it's supposed to be really nice. It's good to get those out of there, and then hit it with the fertilizer, like our greened-up lawn fertilizer, the sixteen thirty-two-six. right, lawn, yeah, okay. Hit it with that, and that'll really build your roots up. So that way, you're ready to go next spring.
4: Um, do I use a hose end sprayer with the Killex?
0: If, if are they everywhere? Like the weeds are pretty. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. But it's just—it's not a big section. It's not a whole lawn. It's just a corner.
0: Yeah, yeah, Either that or just in a bottle is fine too. Like you can either just a spray bottle, or if you, I'm not a big fan of the hose end sprayer because then you get mist, or if you happen to spray anything out, like your trees or shrubs. So oh, just so just be careful because you can't spray. So that I always prefer using like a little pump sprayer, and then uh, and then I just have it mixed with my, or I just have the buy the killex with the little battery. We have them in the 5-liter with the battery attached, and then you can just buy the, the concentrate to refill it. And okay, then you, and you that, have
4: that sprayer, that hose, that sp- pump sprayer too. You
0: yeah, have, absolutely. Well, great.
4: Okay, thank you very much.
0: All right. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Yeah, you just, uh, it's important to let your grass, and it likes being mowed, and weeds do not. So if you are doing the, the new grass thing like that, uh, if you get the 2,4-D get the on it, if you're doing the seed, um, he should be totally fine. Okay, I'm going to go down to the bottom. We're going to go down to Gordon. Good morning, Gordon.
5: Good morning. I've got a quick question
0: for you. Yes, sir.
5: Is going bananas in holus bolus uh, gardening terms?
0: <laughs> I think so.
5: <laughs> okay. Um, quick thing. Um, I had planted uh, some beans earlier this year. Yeah. And I only got four beans off my uh, plants. Now um, I watered. I I used uh, Rage Plus and all that. But what wh- what did I do wrong?
0: Um, uh, the main th- I guess uh, did it get lots of light?
5: Yeah, they they have east exposure.
0: Hmm yeah it, most beans, like I said, I went through quite a few gardens this year, man. I've seen so many great uh, great beans and peas and stuff like that um um did really well this year with that summer heat that we did end up having um so did the plants look nice and healthy? just yeah you
5: know, I mind you, the thing was I phoned uh, earlier this this summer uh, I was having black on the, uh, leaves, and I, and you suggested that I would, uh, just pluck the leaves off if they get black, so that's the only, the only bugbear I had.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, don't, were you getting the blooms and stuff on it?
5: Yeah, I was getting blooms, I was getting huh. the whole, uh, the whole, uh,
0: Huh, maybe the bees or the the bees avoided your house for some reason. Who knows? Yeah. You, know, you need that little bit of that pollination, but usually, like honestly, I I've, I'm a lot. I went to a lot of places this year and seen lots of fruits. so I'm not too sure exactly why. Just try and make sure you're feeding. They are higher nitrogen, so on those you would feed more like a twenty 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 or a thirty ten ten. Okay. Um, to help get that to push up top on the foliage and the fruit on the top part like that. And uh, you should have had some good success. So I'm not too sure, Gordon. I pl- Not too sure. Sorry, I can't really help you.
5: Okay. But anyway, uh, be, be creative with the gardening terms.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Take care. Okay. All, <laughs> all right. right. <laughs> all right. We're going to take a break. And when we get back, we'll hit the phone lines. Or if you'd like to send me some text. We are here, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and we're going to go right to the phone line. We're going to chat with Jane. Good morning, Jane.
6: Good morning. Thank you.
0: Thank you for calling. How can I help you?
6: I have a um, large weeping birch. Yep. And And um, sorry, I just got to turn off my radio player.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no worries.
6: And um, it has gotten a big sun crack on the south side like almost from the top to the bottom it's about oh not to the very top maybe from from five five to six feet from the ground down yeah and um is that
0: is it fully leaf to the top
6: oh yeah the the tree's about 30 40 feet high okay and just the, the big trunk facing south yeah and i just noticed it
0: um, I guess would be hard to try and seal that up, like yourself.
6: I don't know. It's about <laughs> it's about um, half to half an inch to an inch wide, but it's not totally deep.
0: But how high does it go, like all I, the way to the? Just from the
6: ground up, maybe six feet. Okay. I, yeah, I, I
0: I you can just try and clean the wound up a bit, and I would um, see.
6: How do I clean that? Like it, it's just. It's I just, just sort get of uh... black.
0: Yeah, I just use. I like using just an X-Acto knife just to remove the old. If there's any dead wood or anything, just straight it out just to make it a little bit nice and clean. Oh, and then I would just fill it with a product called Lac Balsam. We we have it at the store. It's called. It's a bark replacement. Yeah,
6: I've used that on a um, on a Schubert choke cherry that got a huge branch broken off years ago, and that worked good.
0: Yeah, it's the only one. That really works really well for that because it, uh, and especially with the birch, you want to seal it up um, because over the winter time it'll it'll end up losing a bunch of its moisture out of there. So you, because they have a lot of moisture going. Just like if you prune your maple or birch in the winter time, it'll bleed like crazy.
6: Am I going to wrap it at all with
0: no, burlap or anything? No, like no, that? no, 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 okay. no. Just, just fill that. Just clean up the wound nicely. Fill it with the lac balsam, and uh, and that should be fine.
6: The other thing that tree and has, and just ensure and they,
0: that you're watering, and I would use Rage Plus on it.
6: Yes, I've been doing that nearly all summer, and awesome. uh, I've I've got the um, soaker hose on it. Perfect. But it also has, and there's only one that I noticed on this huge tree, unless there's more. and didn't see it. It's got what I'm thinking is a gall. It's not quite an inch in diameter. It's white, and it's hard. I cut that one branch off. Is That's that normal? All,
0: Yeah. Well, they get things at like that once in a while, so you did the right thing. Just cut it off. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Does it
6: generally have one only, or is it sort of lots in the whole tree to have to
0: inspect the whole tree? Uh, you take a look up through it and see, yeah. but sometimes, yeah, it'll just get one, because a lot of times those are just airborne spores, and and they affect if they land on one spot, um, okay. things like that. So. Um, but you did the right thing by getting rid of it and keeping it healthy with the water and the Rage Plus, so okay. your birch tree will be loving you for that.
6: Oh, good. Thank you. And um, is it is it the time to prune tips off of I've got a dwarf blue spruce and a mugo pine, and I want to Cut the tips so that they get well, especially
0: the mucle pine. It's also dwarf. Yeah, I know. I'd wait till next, early next spring when that shoots up those fingers. Just break those fingers in half. Okay, I, I neglected
6: them this year. Yeah,
0: so just make sure you catch it next year. Like put a little note somewhere mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the calendar wherever you look. And when you get those fingers come up, that's the best time because then it'll create four or five more next year. If you do it now, you'll end up losing growth on it. So I, I would just, I would wait.
6: How far down can I take that mugo pine? Can I take it down like those fingers that are up there now that have spread? Can I take down two feet of them?
0: Um, pff, no, not really. Like about
6: seven feet, seven to eight feet high.
0: Yeah, they don't really respond well to 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 taking like Mugos down off the off the height. Oh. Yeah, because they don't really shoot out again. You know what I mean? Like to I take that. I thought you one. take off those fingers. No, only the little fingers at the very top. Like this one, they're like, like six, eight inches, and you break them in half. Yeah, like yeah. not full branches, like two or three feet. Okay. It's a so little I tougher. Don't take
6: the, I don't take that finger right down to its joint, to its apex?
0: Um, the finger, note just halfway. Mm. And then it, it'll set buds for next year, mm-hmm. and then it'll set four or five, so it'll come out thicker. Mm-hmm. Okay, but not till spring. Yeah. Got it. Okay, thanks for your help. Thank you so much. Kay. Bye-bye. All right, and I got a couple more, just quick text. morning, Merle, I have a, two questions for you. Can I keep potted strawberries over the winter? And if so, how do I do it? Um, potted strawberries, again, it really depends on, it's similar to the f- one of the first callers that we were talking to about trying to winter um, any perennials and pots. A little bit larger pot, you'll have a lot better success. Putting it in a cool, dark place, like in between a house and a garage, covering it with some mulch or old leaves, um, but wait till after the first frost is done, water it in well, and then just store it in a cool, dark place to keep it frozen, and pile leaves around it. That's your best bet. Um, And then the next question, I planted two rhubarb plants that are not showing much new growth. Is there anything I should give before winter, or will they come back next spring? Hard to say. If you didn't get no growth on them, um, the bulb itself could have uh, dried out. Um, the only thing I would say is uh, put some good compost, nice mulch around it, um, water it in well, and uh, and then see what happens next spring. Usually rhubarbs are pretty hardy, so hopefully uh, you'll be good to go on that one. And I'm good to go on a couple commercials, and when we get back, we'll phone lines and text you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and where am I at? Ooh, lots of bad text. Seeing lots of spruce trees, so I'm going to try and cover a few of these questions. If you're seeing your spruce trees or pine trees getting a little bit of excessive yellowing, most of it's in the center, um, you're going to be fine. It's just a little bit of desiccation and natural... Um, needle drop that happens every couple years and they go through a cycle it does look really bad at certain times of the year and right now is one of them I know some pines and I'm seeing lots of spruce trees lots of pictures coming into the store and on one of the um, garden group uh, Facebook pages I see quite a few people asking the same question and uh, so what I would do is is if you can spray your hose into the middle of it just hose all the needles down give it a really good drink um, and uh, just ensure it gets watered really well. Hose all those bugs and dust and everything off the needles so the ones that are doing well can breathe and uh, and revitalize itself. And uh, for the most part, you should be fine. But uh, that's what I would recommend for that. Let's go to Jerry. Good morning, Jerry.
4: Good
7: morning, Merle. It's not Monday. It's not a holiday. And I am so sorry <laughs> I had to call you, but it worked.
0: Okay. No so worries. So my sweet
7: peas got snowed on, fell down, and yeah. I... Phoned Merle and he told me to leave them till the frost, and then I lifted them, and they're absolutely fabulous. Awesome! And there's got to be fifty feet of them, so I was so thankful. So I'm going to drop you some off if they're still alive absolutely. Wednesday. Thank okay? you so
0: much, no, and that's great. And but isn't that nice? Because the weather does look so good. So that's when so many oh. people stop watering their annuals yeah. once we hit September. Yeah. But this is when you're going to get the best colors, oh. and and uh, I couldn't
7: believe it because I them all off basically and now they're just in full bloom and I've started delivering them to neighbors and friends again yesterday. Awesome. So I have to come into town so I'm going to bring you some.
0: Awesome thank you so much. But
7: also when can I cut my lilacs down and can I cut them bush size or do I have to go to the ground? They're about 20 feet tall.
0: Okay is there lots of deadwood in them?
7: Uh well, they're old. I bet I put them in thirty years ago, so I think they should probably come yeah, did down. Yeah, this
0: go right down to the ground, and I would I would just wait till early spring or oh, like okay. sort of February, March, something like that. Let all the energy go down, and uh, just make that as a very early, early spring project.
7: And and I not bush size, take them right back.
0: Yeah, I would go right down to the ground, and then they'll just they'll come go back. crazy. Like yeah, actually okay. sure water them well, give them a shot of fertilizer, and they'll be super happy. Okay, now
7: poppies, do I? Take them in to dry, or do I let them dry
0: on the poppy? I, I t- pull them off if you want, and then just dry them, and then keep them in a cool, dark place, and and then plant them next spring.
7: Okay. Last one. Do you have sweet peas in? Can I buy them? Like, uh, or, no. do you keep them in all the time, or do you send them back?
0: Yeah, we we don't keep them in, and actually, this year we sold pretty much out. Okay. Um. So that's uh that'll be when we get back in the spring.
7: Okay. Okay, they're a harder so,
0: seed to keep. Like you just got to keep them in that cool, dark place. That's uh, what I
7: thought, and I could pick these, but I didn't, and so it's too late. The other thing I was going to say is I've been—I'm a natural dyer, and so I've now got a bunch of linens out, and I'm picking all my, all my plants or a bunch of them, and then I put them in a big stew pot, rolled up, and I dye my fiber with what I grow. Oh, nice! And so uh, I'll bring something in to show you, and, and kind of cool. And we can put it on the website and people can see what you can actually do with your plants.
0: Yeah, well, you know, when, like, actually, it's funny, we had uh, one of our customers, we, had, we did a pruning uh, of a Schubert and a bunch of the berries got made stain on the sidewalk. And yeah. it's hard to avoid, but those are a lot of those things that you can use for the natural dyes, you Well, you like don't you said. even
7: think about it, right? You'll be eating your lunch and you'll go, oh, there's a craisin, oh, there's a raisin, oh, yeah. there's a strawberry. And you start throwing them in your dye, or in your cloth, and then you wrap it, bind it really tight, and throw it in some water, and you're amazed at what comes uh, out. I
0: just had a flashback. Uh, um, we lived in Bonas, and then if Brad's listening at the store, he'll remember. We had Mr. Sybil. He lived just, uh, a, just two doors over from my house and across the street from Brad's house. Yeah. And he had a whole hedge around his house of nanking cherries. Oh. So we used to have nanking cherry fights. Fight. <laughs> You'd oh, I come can home, it. You come home and it's like you look like you played paintball, you had blood flots all over your shirt. And, yeah. Uh,
7: yeah. Now I start feeling sorry for all those gardens I raided when I slept in the tent when I was young because you didn't realize when you were young how much work they were.
0: No, absolutely. But but isn't that good though? Like kids I don't think no kids have they don't need to experience that nowadays because everyone has cameras and things oh, yeah, and, you're right. and Facebook pages. They'll, they'll shame a kid for stealing a carrot. Man, there's way worse things that they're doing if you just turn on the, like... Oh
7: man, it
0: was so fun absolutely. going back to the tent and eating those peas and
2: carrots, <laughs> I tell you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Merle. Thank you care. so much. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, absolutely. Note some fond memories of, uh, of that. And even though we probably had one of the biggest gardens in Bonass, it was uh, we still always had to go try other people's once in a while. So anyways, apologize for all my neighbors um, when I was a kid. I was good most of the time. All right, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coons. I'm going to go right to the phone line. We have some patient people waiting here. Uh, good morning, Kathy. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you?
7: Um, we have an acreage by Balzac and it's perimetered by poplar trees. Yep. Uh, of course, we've lived here 20 years now and they're quite large. But my husband wants to cut every other one out Yeah. So they fill out. Does that sound like a good idea to you?
0: Um. Yeah. If if they get too close, absolutely. Because then the ones that are nice and healthy, um, will be able to flourish even that much more, and they're not fighting over over space yeah, and stuff like there's that. There's
1: bare spots
0: and yeah. You know. No. And then at the same time, I would just pr- the ones that you keep, just make sure that you give them a little bit of a pruning and uh, tidy them up as well. Because when poplars start getting older like that, just look for any dead, damage, or disease branching. And, okay. and things of like that. And if you need any help, uh, give Mark a call from Prune It Up. He'd love to be able to help you out on that project.
7: Awesome. And another thing on that note, on the south side, um, I wanted to put some of those gladiator crabs that yeah. you're talking about yeah. to add some color. Um, it's a little bit, sh- well, it's quite shady on that side because the trees are now shading everything. Um, are they going to survive there,
0: do you um, think? If if they're away from the house, like, for the, and if they're not right beside the bigger trees, if they can get a little bit of distance away from them, absolutely, they'll be fine. Because as long as they're away from the house and things like that, like other trees, if they get a little bit of space, they should be totally fine. Okay. I'll give it yeah, a try. You'll you'll like those. They, like I said, they'll get the nice big, big uh, pink flowers in the spring and a nice fall color. Yeah, they're a great tree, so...
7: And how late can I go here with planting those? I well,
0: wanna... right until freeze up. Like we're still planting like crazy. I know. I just brought in another load, and actually, I have a bunch another load of trees coming in um, for our sale um, on Tuesday. So um, we go right up until mid October, even into November, depending on uh, on when the ground's frozen. So. Excellent. Okay. So right now is a great time, though, for if anybody is looking for planting. One good thing, they're on sale everywhere for the most part. And Mm -hmm. the ground is nice and warm. So when you put your pot in there, the roots, the transition into the nice warm soil is good. um, Mm -hmm. Just ensuring that you water them in well and usually great success at this time of year. Okay, great.
7: I'm a new listener, and I really enjoy your
0: show. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it.
8: Okay. Have a great day.
0: All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, and those are, and I, I see a lot of those big old uh, shelterbelt, the big rows of poplar. I know um, we did, we planted one. And it was actually out right by there, out just by Airdrie for Bob a couple of years ago, some great big poplars, um, really, really nice looking. And, but again, they, they do need some care and, and thinned out once in a while. And the biggest thing on the poplars when they get older is getting the pruning um, done, just removing the dead wood. Because if you leave it on there, it, it's like leaving an open wound on your finger. Like if you had a big cut on your finger, you never covered up and you're just in the dirt and then it slowly rots and, and then it gets into your into your arm, which is never good. The same with your tree. You you want to ensure that yeah, it's able to heal properly. And uh, I know Mark had pruned it up. There's uh, doing lots of that kind of stuff right now. We've seen lots of deadwood with this, um, lots of desiccation over the last couple of years. So getting those things all tidied up. Let's go to Kim. Hearing lots about this right now. Good morning, Kim.
8: Good morning. How are you? This gorgeous fall morning.
0: Isn't it beautiful? It's supposed to go up to 20 degrees today. So what oh, more can you ask goodness. for? Yeah.
8: So I I have been the girl asking lots of questions about garlic, and I know we got springtime planting, we got fall planting. So this year, of all years, four years of trying both, I planted in the fall, I got garlic from the West Coast supplier I wouldn't name the name. That's okay. And I have enough garlic for all of Alberta and part of the <laughs> So I have so much garlic. So that being said, I want to plant for next year. Yep. So, and I had a very good success with Russian red um, garlic. Yeah. And I know there's two different kinds. Actually, there's three different kinds that has been known to grow well in Alberta, and I live just a straight north of Strathmore. So there, there's more of a white, a smaller white, as opposed to the big, right? back in the days, we used to call it elephant garlic. Yeah. So what would you suggest for that small white, well, smaller, about knee size white um, clove of garlic? What variety?
0: Um... Uh, there's there's a few different ones. Like, so a lot of people love the German ones, like the German yep. varieties of, of, of garlic. They're a little bit of that um, sought after. It really becomes a, a matter of flavor and, and that own personal preference. I know most of the garden centers are bringing in varieties that are hardy for this area and yep. typically out of Holland or or a proper seed source where if you're getting them sometimes at the dollar store or some of the other places, you got to be careful a lot that there's a lot of Chinese garlic going around. Yes. yes.
8: Yeah, so then that's what we're trying to stay away from.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. No. And you want that. And that's the biggest thing, right? Starting out with your good seed source, um, good supplier. And, uh, I know like all the varieties that we carry, they all have really good descriptions of the flavor, what they do. And, and that, and rather than just getting them out of a bin where it just says garlic, yeah, you don't know. <laughs> and typically exactly. that probably came like, off a container, right?
8: Yeah, exactly. So I have one other question, and it's for myself and probably many others out there. You know, there's a lot of folks that buy their organic garlic from the grocery store, yeah. and they figure they can plant it. So what is the difference just between getting it from a, 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 a source uh, or your garlic from the grocery store, what is the main difference? Is it treatment of the seed? Yeah,
0: it's treated more like a seed, and they've, they've downloaded a the little bit more phosphate into them to, so they're ready to, to grow as a plant. Um, more so than as the food, right? So okay. they've been treated a little bit differently. Um and, and that being said, there's no reason why I think some people have had some success growing some grocery store stuff too, right? I don't want to totally discourage that either. If it's good, organic, locally sourced garlic, and, uh, and if you save some cloves and try and grow it like that, uh, yeah. uh, why not, right? Like it's... Yeah. Um, obviously we always, as garden center people, I know myself or calling down a plantation or wherever, if you're coming to pick up stuff, we always appreciate it. Um, but, um, also, um, realistically, like there's other sources and, and places like if you have a good organic source and some of the farmer's markets and things like that. By all means, but I, I, it is again, just be watch where you're, even when you're getting the BC fruit, like some of those trucks come in. And all the peaches and everything, they're all out of Washington, right? Because their farmers down there are different. They dump a lot of their fruit up here. Yeah. And it, it goes, it's hard against our Canadian farmers, right? So you just got to, exactly. I, I, I always like to watch and and I know um, where you're buying your fruit and it, it's worth checking it out. Especially we can only get our local fruit for so long, right? Yeah,
8: yeah. I, I have another question. Um, I, I'm not a a, a farmer, but I know that when things are ready, um, you don't pull out green stem garlic and expect you're going to have your big bulb development. No. Obviously, it's your dryer stage garlic. They're going, yeah, I got garlic. I guess I can dig it up.
0: Yep. <laughs> No, and, and it's the same with a lot of your fruit, right? Fruit, veggies, things like that. Obviously, yeah. if you want some baby t- carrots, dig them up earlier. But if you're looking to get those bigger ones, you got to leave it in the ground. And, and some of the carrots left in the ground and potatoes right now, when, it, when you do get some frost and some cool, it just adds the sugar content to it. So they're yeah. nice and sweet.
8: Exactly. Can
0: I ask one more question? Actually, I'm going to. I'm going to say no, and this time you have to call back. I got so many okay. calls. Some people are waiting a long time. So. Okay. We already got All three right. for you. Have Sorry. A great day. All Thanks right. Bye bye. All right. I'm going to take one more here. We're going to go to Lisa. Good morning, Lisa.
1: Good morning.
0: How can I help you? Uh,
1: a Quick question. I have, a friend gave me a type of Japanese maple. Okay. Um, I know it's doesn't grow well in Alberta, so I hauled it out to BC.
0: Okay, yeah, you, you sent me the pictures in? I
1: did, and awesome. I'm just wondering about the stringers that are coming out of the top. Do that's I cut just, those off? Yeah,
0: and that's just normal. Okay. Um, sort of their seed thing and things like that, so that's totally normal. Um, what part of BC in?
9: We are uh, south of the cusp. Okay. The yeah, West Coonies.
0: Yeah, it, uh, that's probably zone four. So and, it, uh,
1: Yeah, zone six.
0: Oh, is it? Is awesome. that, yeah, we looked
1: it up last night.
0: Okay, well then you're you're set. I didn't realize they were so high there. That's yep. awesome.
1: Yep. So, so you're can close I cut to them clean. now, or do I need to wait till? I
0: it? would leave it and just water it in well. Kay. Leave it and then uh, see what it does next spring. Anything with the Japanese maples, they're, so, they're similar to like a Russian olive, and okay. and sometimes you might get a little bit of uh, tip damage. Okay. And then I just do my pruning at that time, yep. and uh, same with your, and if you have any, like, uh, quick-fire hydrangeas or any of those kind of things, same thing, you just, I do that kind of tip pruning in the spring. Okay. Just where you see the new growth, just remove the deadwood just above it. Okay. And if you get the odd branch that's shooting up out of a little wonky, sometimes the Japanese maples will do that. Okay. Um, don't be afraid to, and just wait till it's fully leafed out with the maples too.
8: Okay, sounds good. Thank you. All right.
0: You. Well, good luck with that. That's uh, that's awesome. And uh, yeah, you look like you have a great little spot there.
8: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much. All
0: right. Enjoy. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah. That's uh, that's gorgeous. And uh, she has a great little uh, Japanese maple she got to take out there. And I know a lot of them they're annuals here. And if you do have a Japanese maple though, um, they can be wintered if you have an unheated garage, leave them in the pot. I just just right as soon as you get past the first frost. Just move them inside, as long as it's not the minus 20 or something like that. If they sort of we get our first frost, stick them in the deep, dark corner, um, water them in well, and then just let them sit there for the winter. And sort of April, you can start bringing them outside again and uh, and go from there. But I'm going to take a quick break, and uh, when we get back, we'll hit the phone lines again. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calvary's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Going to hit a couple texts here really quick. Um, I have canna lilies, which will not winter. When should I dig them up and and put the bulbs? I liked any of those things, like dahlias, canna lilies, um, right after the first frost, like sort of when they get that black mush, um, again, hopefully not minus 20, but even if we get like a minus 5, minus 7, um, at that point I dig them out, um, cut off all the mushy foliage off the top, let them dry out for a day or two out in the sun, knock a bunch of the soil off. Um, you can still leave a little bit on there. Um, put them into a, a cool dark place, like even an old styrofoam um, cooler, or something like that. Put some more cocoa moss in there. Um, or peat moss. I like using cocoa moss better and uh, put that in there or even any of the hemp um, would work really good for that as well. And to store them in a cool, cool, dark place for the wintertime, pull them up about April and maybe even a little bit earlier if you have enough room um, for your dahlias and, and canna lilies and stuff like that, replant them into a bigger pot, go into at least a two or, or five-gallon pot, and, uh, and away you go and you'll have some great plants for next spring. And what else I got? Oh, greetings, Merle. I live in Calgary. Is it too late to overseed my lawn? No, the weather actually looks quite good right now. I've put a little bit of soil on top, throw some grass seed down there first. Keep it fairly moist, and uh, and you'll be totally fine. And I'm going to go to Diana. On the phone lines. Good morning, Diana.
6: I am sorry to bug you two weeks in a row here, Merle, Uh-oh. but I'm looking to see if you can help me with a contact. All right. For the first time ever, um, ordering seeds from England for like 30 years. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming Board of Services opened it, left the catalogs in there, and took all the seeds.
10: Oh,
0: really?
6: And I'm like, oh, now who on earth do I talk to? I've never had this happen
0: before. Um, I I do have another contact but i will I'll put you on hold and I'll get I'll get, I think you have my contact in my cell. Give me a show to my cell this week oh. and I'll I'll put you in touch with Russ.
6: Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, just quickly. Bye. Right.
0: Bye bye. And uh, and after, all, I'll just put her, and I'll get uh, my cell number to her, and she can um, give me a shout. And right now, I'm going to go to Kim. Good morning, Kim.
2: Good morning. I was calling um, with respect to
6: um, lilacs, because I understand they create the blossoms for the next year in the current year. Yes. So when you're pruning, do you know... Are you, are you aware of exactly when that new bloom and new leaf growth? Yeah, you
0: just sort of right when they're just when they're finished blooming. You don't want to wait too much long after that to do any pruning.
6: So you wait till they're finished blooming. But just
0: when they're done. Yeah, you can cut off the old stems at that time.
6: So when you say done blooming, do you mean like turn brown?
0: Yeah, just when they're finishing up, just when the, the blooms are being spent.
6: And then that would be before the seed starts? Yeah. Okay, thanks and a lot. And if
0: you want to cut off some of the seed, like the old seed pods, if you really want to get meticulous, that won't hurt anything.
6: Okay, I just didn't want to have the plant expending energy and then cut it
0: off. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And, uh, and you don't want to lose out on the blooms because they, they are gorgeous and they, they only last so long, unfortunately, right?
6: Okay, thanks for clarifying.
0: You're welcome. All right, take care, bye. Bye-bye. All right, let's go to Eva. Good morning, Eva.
9: Yes, good morning, and thank you.
0: You're very welcome. Thanks for calling in. How can I help you?
9: Yes, well, I'm phoning about my house plants. I have hundreds, and I'm not overstating it, those tiny little black, I guess they are flies.
0: Yeah, fungus gnats.
9: Yeah, and I bought those yellow sticky sticks
0: and
9: put them in each pot, but they are just covered, and I still have those thingies flying around. Yeah,
0: so what that's telling me, Eva, is that you're probably watering a little bit too much. So what you need to do is just um, don't let your plants dry out a bit more.
9: Okay, yeah, it seems to be when I water them,
0: they just. Yep, they scoot all (laughs) over the place. So, and what you can do is get like a, like a, even like an old fork or something that you have out of the kitchen and just stir the soil up, like just sort of turn it over a little bit, like you would in the garden. Just think of that as a little miniature garden and just uh, turn your soil over a bit so it can get some air in there. Like just so run a knife through it or a a fork.
9: Yes, get it.
0: Through the top and let it dry out. And, uh, and there is a product you can use it, uh, this the pure spray green you can use you can spray it but the most important, the cause of it is that you're just keeping your plants probably a little bit too wet so okay. just
9: I, I had them off and on over the years but never like this year yeah
0: oh. I just again maybe just watering a little bit more than normal um, so' this lead drought and then once if once you dry it out and you just turn that soil over like just aerated a bit with a fork um they they won't like that either right and they'll move on and then okay. they they like it when you nice and moist like that they lay their eggs it's perfect and that's why they're called fungus gnats and then they come from when it's too wet
9: okay well i definitely will try that and thank you i hope it helps
0: yeah no and, and it's good for your soil too so it just lets some air in there so yes. just just mix it around there like either your fingers or a fork or something like that and uh, and uh, mix up the front top and let it air out yeah perfect. i will do that and Thanks, thank Eva. you so much you're very welcome yeah. Bye-bye. bye 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 yeah, that's a it's a common problem. Like sometimes we um, we look at our plants, and either you don't water them enough, or some people water them too much, and uh, and sometimes you get bored with that. So, and what do we got here? Good morning, Merle. I got two questions for you. Would you please explain fall fertilizing of shrubs and perennials, what to use and when? Also, um, uh, we have a lake property that needs some trees. Do columnar aspens aspen sucker less than poplar? First, I'll answer your second question first. Yes, the Swedish columnar aspens typically don't sucker a whole lot um, unless they're not getting enough water and things like that. So they work good. If you get the tower poplars and that, they will sucker like crazy. Um, right now is a great time to um, fertilize. I like to water all my trees and shrubs first really well. And then if I have flowering trees or apples, things like that, I'd I use a 15-30-15. If I have evergreens, I'd fertilize with a thirty ten ten, or even if if you have a whole mix of a bunch of different things, a, a good all purpose twenty 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 is a great fertilizer um, mm-hmm. for just hitting everything and uh, and give them a good shot. But important, water them really well first. Hose down all of your uh, of your uh, spruce trees, all your evergreens at this time, and uh, and that helps clean out the bugs and get them ready for winter, so it can. Breathe nicely. And I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to Sonia. Good morning, Sonia.
7: Good morning, Merle.
0: Hey, how can I help you?
7: Um, Question. Yes. I have some volunteer foxgloves. Yes. That volunteered themselves to the front of my flower beds. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm wondering those that have that didn't bloom this year that are just new plants, can I transplant those now?
0: Um Yes. I would do it early in the morning, though, and get a nice good root ball first. Like, you know, like get a good shovel full. Dig okay. your hole where you're going to take them and then just dig a nice hole. I transplanted some liatris a couple of weeks ago and a couple of hostas and stuff, and they're fine. Um, again, just trying to get the nice big scoops of it and just try not doing the heat of the day.
7: Would I be better off to wait till spring?
0: Yeah. Um, Absolutely, you can, but it's in the fall is fine too like this when they, we start going dormant and they start downloading is a good time because they're not really growing you know they're kind of shutting down anyway so um in the falls we um, kind of see where the plant is and where you're gonna put it and then it's ready to go first in the spring. I don't mind moving perennials more in the spring or in the fall um trees and shrubs I tend to like digging them up and moving them in the spring more because people tend to um Neglect things if we get a little bit of cold weather, and then they forget to go back out and water them. Um, in the springtime, you're out gardening and you're doing a little bit more. You tend to look after them a little bit better when you transplant stuff. So true, true. So just human nature, right? We're all. Uh, it's <laughs> good, but in the spring, so but perennials, I think you're you're fine. Like on those, you should be fine.
2: Okay.
7: All right. Thank Alrighty? you So much.
0: You're very welcome. Bye bye. All right, and I'm gonna go to kim good morning kim
8: hey how are you good how are you good i have a question um i have several other gardening partners and they have many different ways that they do their seed collecting so i'm going to use an example of our tomato seed collecting
3: Yep. one
8: runs it through her blender to get all the um, meal off of the seed, and then she dries it and then puts it in an envelope. Another, she leaves that coating of of meal right on, and she plants it in dirt right away, and she she germinates it. So I'm wanting the proper technique to save seeds.
0: Tomatoes, yeah, tomato seeds are probably one of the easiest. So I think there's a few different methods, and I think... For the most part, if you're just pulling them off, um, when they're as long as they're nice and moist, let them dry out a bit. Put them into an envelope and uh, put them into a cool, dark place, or and put a little bit of foil. If you can get one of those sealed little bags, is best. Okay,
8: um, so you're, you're talking about taking the seed off the plant. For yeah. example, lupin, so they don't have to dry on the plant. You can take the the pods.
0: Off yeah, but let them right, like let, wait till fall here, right, it's for a lot okay. of them, because then they get to the point where they get to fulfill, they fill up everything in the seed pod that they need to do what they're doing and okay. and then and let them start shutting down. Perennials are a lot tougher. Like, it's a it's a lot longer process. Like, even typically when we used to grow all our own perennials and things like that, we'd always buy rootstock. Um, to seed perennials, sometimes it's a two-year process.
8: Right. Right. So, so
0: they're like very yeah, very
8: whimsical when they come up. The well, first
0: yeah, year. absolutely, and they take a lot longer to 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 come to fruition, like to fully root out and do what they need to do. Okay. Um So we used to do a lot of bare root um, mm-hmm. with our perennials and things right. like that. Right. So, okay. but, but tomatoes and stuff like that, um, it's really quite easy. Marigolds, things like that. So,
8: okay, another question: um, fall crops. I know, you know, kale, spinach, um, radishes. What about, I've heard, and I thought I heard on a gardening show, that there was someone who was planting potatoes in late fall for early spring um, green up.
0: (laughs) You never know. I, I, I haven't really heard that. I know a lot of people do winter fall sowing of spinach, which looks phenomenal. I see that, and people send me pictures in early spring. The spinach is coming up through the snow, and it just looks fabulous. Um, But I haven't heard potatoes, but I don't see why not, as long as it's not in a real mushy area. I'm not too sure. Maybe give it a try. Let me know.
3: Okay.
0: All right.
8: Well, I know shard is another one that is. Yeah, swishard the
0: spinach. Absolutely. Those are great. Um, Sow them in the fall. Uh, Early, early spring, they come up for you, and it looks awesome.
8: Okay. Thanks again. Have and a great thanks one. Thanks again for your wonderful show. Thank okay. you.
0: Thanks for listening. Bye bye. All right. Yeah. No, I appreciate uh, everybody listening and participating. I'm very fortunate and uh, to have lots of uh, great listeners. And a lot of you guys come in to visit me at the store. I appreciate it. I always they because uh, you don't obviously get to see me on the radio, so I. You hear me when I'm talking. I'm kind of not the quietest guy at the store. Sometimes I'm always talking and blah, blah, blah. And so people are, oh, there you are. So, and as I say, I got the face for radio. They keep me off the TV. So let's go to Bill. Good morning, Bill. Yeah. How are hey. you? Uh,
4: great. Uh, okay, you know, Waterton Mock Orange. Yes. Yeah. It, it's been up against one corner of my house almost for a long time. But... Uh, I take off all the old stuff, but how far down do I prune it? And can I prune it this
0: fall? Yeah, you won't get any blooms though. Like so, next spring. So if you oh, won't. I know. Okay, yeah. yeah, I've taken them right down to the ground. I, but again, if it's not if there's lots of deadwood, I would remove all the deadwood and cut it down. Yeah. But uh, I would I would wait. Oh yeah, I
4: have to wait till
0: till early month. spring. Yeah, till or till oh, I can prune it
4: this this fall, right? Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, uh, if you want I to plant... just
0: trim it back, by all means, they're like they're pretty aggressive vines, so...
4: Yeah. Oh, okay. But anyway, I planted another one last fall, and it's coming up nice. So it's about yeah. four feet high. Awesome. With like a leader.
0: Yeah. Those but... are those are great shrubs, so...
4: Yeah, but can I cut that down this fall?
0: But you don't really need to, unless you want to, unless you're just trying to keep it at a certain height or something. Oh, but, okay. yeah, you don't need to. You can just let them do their thing. So
4: Okay, just the old one, eh? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely.
0: All righty? Okay, thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. When I return, I'll hit the phone lines and some text. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to Stan. Good morning, Stan. Good morning, Merle. I was thinking about you. How are you?
10: I'm doing
0: fine. My ears were burning. What, what's up? <laughs> no, I was just no, I was just thinking about. Um, remember when we did the tomato um, experiment a couple years ago? Yeah. When I put it on Facebook and you did the slice of tomato in the yeah. soil and then buried it and you had like <laughs> 500 tomatoes. Oh, it was crazy. <laughs> no, I was just because that one lady was calling, asking about saving seeds. I thought, well, it's it's such an easy thing. You just slice it, throw the tomato right in the soil. And yeah. it'll, it'll grow for you right out of that. Yeah, so. but
10: don't cover it with plastic. No. Uh, because it'll go moldy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But
10: uh, I'm crazy. calling to about my hibiscus. I did send a couple of pictures in a few weeks ago or months ago. Okay. And um, it's one that I was given about three years ago. And it's uh, like a stick in the ground with a crutch and it goes into two. Yeah. Two, um, Stems and the one is uh, red.
0: Yeah, and then the yellow,
10: right? Uh, the yellow and the pink, yeah. actually. Yeah. And then there's multi, seems to be the odd multicolor in there. And that silly thing has been gro- blooming since about Christmas time and it's now got 14 more buds. Well, it just doesn't
0: quit. Well, you you have the flower emporium at your house, though. Like, <laughs> and I've I've mentioned your place a few times. And to people, when I think of somebody's house blooming, I think of uh, your house. Wow, um, you're, you're just your windows are perfect. You have those uh, gorgeous hibiscus, and your all your orchids and everything else. Your African violets all blooming like crazy. So. Uh, yeah, you have the magic touch, and some people do, and that's...
10: <laughs> Don't ask me what it is, because I just give them water and I give them a little fertilizer, and right. I think that was a mistake, because this one that I really like, it's a multicolored one, and uh, it was about 30 inches tall when I got it, and yeah. now it's up to my top of my head. Yeah. And uh, I'm wondering, when that quits blooming, if it ever does... Can I cut that down to within, say, four or six inches of the crotch?
0: Yes, and because and, if, if, you know when you travel, um, you'll see hibiscus like all over in like Mexico or different places. Like they yeah, use it right. as a hedge. Cool. Like they use it like a catonia aster, right? Mm-hmm. And so they they can take pruning and things like that. Don't hesitate if you want to cut them down a bit or shape them. Um, hibiscus are very tolerant of that kind of thing. So
5: yes,
10: and my other one, the red one. Uh, it is, I've had as many as 50 buds on that at one time. Yeah. And I think I, I gave it some fertilizer last, oh, I don't know, February, March or something. And um, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be doing that because it's just gone crazy.
0: No, and your your window like this, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it, you face west, right? Like the kitchen one? Oh,
10: the uh, kitchen does, but yeah. the, these are in the east window. Yeah, and it's a bow window, like.
0: Yeah, because you kind of get it all, because I know, yeah, if you're in your living room or the front door there is sort of the southeast, and then you go yeah. to the south, and then the kitchen, the bay window there goes to the west, Yeah. and you just get the perfect lighting. I don't know, like, honestly, every time I've been there for a couple of years, but I, know, I always have that fond memories of your house is just full of blooms, and like your orchids, they have 35 blooms on
10: them. It's just... Well, that's something I've cut back on, though. Definitely? Uh, but, Yeah. And something I did want to mention, too, is the, the backyard that you guys did with the paving, or with the yep. tile, I don't know what they're yep, called the paving now.
0: paving stones, yep.
10: Paving stones, and they, uh, Curtis, is it, or Chris?
0: Yeah, Curtis was with us at that time. Curtis,
10: yeah. Yep. Uh, they put that fountain back into where... Oh, no, uh, I remember that, yeah. And it is just dead flat level. Awesome. Still. Awesome. And that's about six years.
0: Yeah. No, I remember helping carry that fountain in the back there. That was uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, nice. thanks for calling, Stan. You bet. Take Appreciate care. it. Take care. We'll see you one of these days. Bye. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's always kind of cool. You get to reconnect with some clients and they become friends and uh, and you get to chat about uh, good things. But it's amazing how fast time goes. Like I, It's a crazy. Uh, I'm going to go to Dwight. Good morning, Dwight. Hey, Merle. How's it going? Good. Speaking of another buddy, how are you? Yeah, enjoying the show today. They make my Sundays, buddy. Awesome. Me too. How can I help you?
11: I did send you a picture of an apple tree. Yep. And uh, it was pruned off 10 or so years ago on the bottom there, through one side. And uh, over the years, it's kind of grown back again. Yeah. Yep. This year I got some big red crab apples on the bottom, and the tree it, it, see, the biggest part is a, is a hardy mac.
0: Yeah. So what happened is it died back, and that the the crab apple part is from the hardy rootstock. Like all those are grafted onto hardy root. Okay. And. So, uh, bring uh, that off. Yeah, it comes. It's coming from the root, anyways. So, yeah. yeah.
11: But I did get some. I did get some Macintosh apples off the top. I was just wondering if I pruned them off, if I get more
0: apples. You, you would, because more of the energy is going to the actual tree. Okay. Um So yeah, if you can try and get that down, as I'm just I'm just looking at it right now. It looks like you got kind of a dead patch. If you can try and get that cleaned up in there, that yep. would help. But that's what happens when we get the winter dieback. A lot of times right. on apples and things like that and a lot of people don't realize that most of our fruit trees are all grafted onto a hardy rootstock, right. and, uh, and then they'll come up. Because I know a lot of people try and grow an apple from a seed, and, and they, yeah. they just won't survive here on, without that hardy root. So, so fall or spring? Or? I would do it right now. I would try and clean it out and, uh, and prune it out now and let it heal up a bit, and then next spring you're good to go. So lack balsam or just leave them? I would just let it heal. If you can get nice, clean cuts, I would just let it heal. Okay, I'll do some clean touch. You were talking earlier about uh, when you were kids.
3: Yeah.
11: <laughs> yeah. Mom and Dad took me to visit relatives when we were about 10, 10 years old, me and my cousin. And then they'd get us out of their hair. They gave us some money to go to the store. <laughs> so we, came, we came back with a big bag of beans and a couple of plastic straws. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Our afternoon shooting each other with these beans. Exactly,
0: then, being creative, right?
11: Yeah, but then his dad, two weeks later, phoned my dad and said, you know, it's the weirdest thing. He said, there's beans growing everywhere in my yard, flower <laughs> beds and the hanging pots. But he said it's only my yard. They're in the lawn everywhere. So,
0: there you step. go. You guys, yeah. uh, now you got a way to 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 germinate beans. You can just sort of spray them out from from the deck. So. <laughs> you can fill your mouth with them, and that. <laughs> there you go. All right, thanks, Dwight. Got go. to go. Bye bye. All right, need to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to the phone lines here right away. And we're going to go to Helen. Good morning, Helen.
12: Hi there. How are you today? Great. Good, good, good. <laughs> I love your program. I love Spruce It Up. Thank anyway, you so much. I bought my geraniums at Spruce It Up earlier, yeah, yeah. and I have about four pots on my back or on my yep. stair uh they're in about 20 inch pots and they're magnificent is there any way I can salvage some of these geraniums Abs- through winter?
0: Absolutely. And you can bring them in, like, if you just want to take them out and shake some of the soil, I'll put them into, like, an 8- or a 10-inch pot. Or are they mixed with other plants as well? No, no. Okay, just geraniums? Or you can just bring that whole pot in and treat it like a, like a house plant for the wintertime. Could and- I just leave it in the garage? Um, like some too people big have done that. Have in the house. Yeah, um, if if there's light in there and heat, you, you can do that. I know some people have luck sticking them in the basement. And they kind of go dormant. Um, I haven't done a lot of that. Um, so would I
12: cut them right down?
0: Um, if they're going to have light and everything, yeah, you can cut about a third off the top. But I'd wait, to, like, enjoy them out there for another uh, oh, yeah. couple more weeks. So
12: <laughs> They're magnificent, yeah. honestly. Everyone could, could, could compliments me on the night. These geraniums are just fantastic. Yeah,
0: and you can take cuttings off them early spring if you wanted to as well, if you wanted well, to. Well,
12: I was just wondering if I could just cut them down a bit now, yeah. you know, after they die, the plants put them in the garage and see if they... Yeah, if, if it's
0: heated and if and just keep them in a light place and just sort of water them every couple of weeks just to keep them nice and <laughs> okay. give that a try.
12: And then I'll be back in the spring to get more from you kids down
0: there. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, Ellen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, we love when you guys all come down and visit. It's... Uh, Spring, and summer, gardening, and especially during a season like this, during um, the COVID stuff that we went through, it's sure nice to see everybody out uh, getting some fresh air. So let's go to Fred. Good morning, Fred. Good morning. How can I'm, I help you?
11: I'm calling to find out if there's any benefit to leaving the vegetation uh, still in the garden instead
0: of tidying up after the peas, beans, cucumbers
11: are absolutely
0: I, my mom used to leave everything like we'd just sort of let it die back and uh and she would leave it for the winter and she'd be throwing all the table scraps like all the potato peels and and carrot peelings and stuff she'd always just throw it back onto the garden even throughout the winter and then in the su- in early spring my dad would row to till it up and honestly we had we always had tons of potatoes, tons of carrots, tons of everything. So um, I think feeding the soil like that and when when you let all, everything... I'm a big advocate of procrastinating the gardening in the fall. Like, I'm, I don't like to do a big cleanup on my perennials and all that either. Um, Fred, I like to let everything just die back and Mother Nature sort of let the plants fall back on upon themselves and even blow some of the leaves into the shrub bed is fine. And uh I, I, I like leaving it like that and then do a good cleanup in the spring.
11: Okay. And tell me, does that put any nutrients while
0: while uh, prior to decomposing? Will the nutrients leach out of the growth? Yeah, it turns into compost and stuff like that. So right. it, it's it's great. Sort of like sure. a sort of like a big compost bin, but you're just yeah. adding that vegetation over the winter. Um I wouldn't I wouldn't fill it with tons of of leaves and and try and turn no. all that over, but this any of your vegetation, absolutely. My mom, I just remember it would just freeze and die back. We'd leave it all winter. Um, in the spring, we'd throw compost and some stuff on it. It'd get rotor tilled in, and and always had a great garden. So absolutely feed it with the natural stuff. I think that's great. Thanks very much. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye. All right. I don't think uh, I can maybe squeeze one more quick one in. I'll go up to Leslie. Good morning, Leslie.
7: Good morning. How are you, Merle?
0: Good, good. I got time for a quick one if if you got one for me.
7: I do. I have four large feather reed grasses. Yep. And I'd like to move them. Is this a good time, or should I wait till the spring?
0: Um, oh, you want them, You're just moving them somewhere else, or just moving them somewhere else? Yeah. Um, I would. You just let them go a bit. The grasses um, just let them go a little bit more dormant. And uh, unless you really have to move them, um, and then because the grasses are still growing fairly actively, so sometimes I find if you if you don't get enough root, um, so just wait a couple weeks if you could.
7: Okay, because I can do them any time. Is the spring better, or is it okay a little
8: later
0: in the? And are you going to leave them so they look good over the winter time, like leave the grass and stuff like that? A lot of times, like I leave the like the coral foresters and stuff because they make a nice winter interest.
7: Absolutely, yeah, they look nice with the snow on them.
0: Yeah, so if you can leave it till spring, and then just move them first thing in the spring, just when you cut them right down to the ground, just dig them up. Move them at that time and then water them in, and they should be perfect.
2: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And if you're on hold, Rod and Brian, I will answer your calls off air if you like. And I'm going to try and go through a few texts. I got a lot of text. Again, thanks for listening. And uh, I'll be back next week, and we'll get our garden on here on 770 CHQR.